Okay, welcome back to the eighth episode of the Over the Line Sports Layup Line. I am one of your co-hosts, Nathan Kennedy, always joined by my very happy co-host, Nolan Russell. Nolan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited to get into our awards ballots today. Been watching a lot of playoff basketball lately as well, so it's been a great time for us basketball fans. Yeah, it's been a great stretch uh, in the NBA lately. And as Nolan just alluded to, we are going to be going over our nominees for each award. Uh, so we're going to be going over our Over the Line Sports official NBA awards ballot. So I guess, Nolan, we'll swing it right over to you. Kind of give the give the listeners a breakdown as to where, where they can find this, how they can participate, and what our uh, selections are going to be for the MVP to start. Yep. Okay. So today's podcast is just going to be listing all the nominees for, for our own personal awards, as Nate kind of alluded to. So... This doesn't really have to do with the the NBA awards specifically. So just because somebody won in uh, in the actual official NBA awards, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily vote for them in this. It's kind of the People's Choice Awards, what we're we're calling it. So whoever you believe deserves to win is who you can vote for. As to like where you can find it and where it will be voting, we're gonna set that up uh, to have it. The Instagram is gonna make a post about it, and we'll also be writing an article with a, a link included at the end of the article. So easy access to to the actual survey itself and how how it's set up is for each award we have a certain number of nominees between seven to ten and uh, you can just rank them one through ten I guess depending on the award one through seven for certain ones the higher you rank them the more points they get obviously so that's how it's going to work yeah so it'll uh, basically by the end of it for each award what will end up happening is we'll have our cumulative uh, winner I guess from the from the people's choice NBA ballot awards and this is just, it's a good way to gauge as to whether or not the general public feels like the NBA got it right, whether they got it wrong. And honestly, kind of just gives us an indication of uh, how people are feeling after this year in terms of some individual's performance. So I guess without further ado, Nolan, do you want to just uh, start us off with the MVP, with the MVP ballot? Yep. So all nominees are going to be listed in alphabetical order. We're going to try to remain unbiased the whole time so we don't influence anyone's vote. So that's, uh, that's why we're going alphabetical. So for the 10 nominees, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Jimmy Butler, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, and Chris Paul. We, we've probably scoured through this list, I think, in three different Zoom calls. There were a lot of players that were on the bubble. I mean, a lot of guys had really strong years. I mean, even Julius Randle, uh, Most Improved Player Award winner, um, he was definitely one of the guys that was on the bubble for me for this. It was just super hard. The upper echelon of nominees were really hard. We even had to leave some guys off the list who were very, very high contenders uh, earlier on in the year. Even LeBron James, even Anthony Davis, the trio from Brooklyn, as we mentioned uh, a few episodes ago. But this was a very tight race. I mean, most of these awards, you'll notice, like, some of our some of the guys that were just on the cusp could have easily been thrown in here. And, I mean, I'm sure I skipped over a few, but, Nolan, if you have any honorable mentions before yeah. I move on. For for the article I'm writing, I, I included honorable mentions at the end of each list. I had 13 for the MVP. <laughs> so, yeah. like, and I could have gone further, honestly. I, I cut it short. Like, there was so many uh, MVP candidates this year. So, some of the ones you didn't mention, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Bam Adebayo, Paul George, and Trey Young, along with all the ones that Nate mentioned. Yeah, it uh, it was kind of a stacked year for a lot of individuals, and a lot of guys put together some great campaigns. And it sucks to have to narrow it down to 10, but I mean, for for the viewer's sake and for our voting sake and having to do all, <laughs> do all this work, I think it just makes it a lot easier. I guess we'll just transition quickly to Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, um, just a quick side note, you do have the updated doc, so I'm just going to swing it to you every time. Okay, um, that's fine. Yeah, so uh, Nolan, if you want to hit us with uh, your Defensive Player of the Year, then we'll get get going from there. Yep, so we had nine nominees here. Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler, Clint Capella, Joel Embiid, 
Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, and Miles Turner. Again. Very big man heavy, but that's kind yeah. of how it should be, I feel like. That is that is kind of how it should be. And I mean, we uh in our last I will say for full for full validity of this episode, we did have a, a first recording, a little first edition of this. And I kind of mentioned that this is a very big man heavy award just due to kind of the statistics that hold very dominant in the in the granting of this award, so to speak. But I mean, even a lot of guards, like we we go, went over them last episode, like Drew Holiday, I think was up there for uh for both of us. Even um Mike Conley was up there as well. I think we had mentioned a lot of Bible. Yeah, Matisse Thibel as well. I um, think Thibel would have made my list if he had played more minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's undoubtedly one of the best defenders in the league. But when I'm thinking defensive player of the year, I'm thinking who has the biggest overall impact defensively. And if, if you're only playing like 20 minutes a game, I just don't see how you could be the defensive player of the year, even if you're like an amazing defender. Like Thibel is definitely one of the best in the league, but he just didn't play enough for me to, to feel comfortable putting him on the list. Yeah, for sure. And I guess I guess we'll just move swiftly on. I guess we'll we'll skip over to rookie of the year next. Okay, so we got ten nominees here as well. Actually, sorry, nine nominees. We we cut it. We cut one uh, at the last minute, but we got nine now. So Cole Anthony, Lamelo Ball, Sadiq Bay, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Emmanuel Quickly, Isaiah Stewart, Jay Sean Tate, and Patrick Williams. Super solid rookie class. Very impressed with the class of this year. Yeah, we had um, quite a few that were very close to cracking that list as well. Yeah, and in in terms of the guys that we selected, I think what it came down to, we did actually make a few last minute changes to the to the latter half of our personal rankings, which I unfortunately can't share. Um, but there were a few that kind of were interchanged within the last week or two, just kind of off of feeling and off of uh, further further looking into Nolan's advanced analytics for each award. <laughs> Um, if, if you guys want an article on that, that is, that is so deep into the back of his brain that I can't even begin to fathom what goes on. Um, but he basically created advanced analytics for each award and ran through every single possible winner and curated, I guess, what, how many players did you do per, I think it was different for each. Oh, well for MVP, I had 385, but for rookie, it was just like all the rookies. (laughs) Yeah. Nolan, Nolan's a supercomputer with this stuff. So if you guys, if you guys want an, uh, an article on this or a separate episode describing these awards, either just by himself or me kind of curating conversation, I mean, be sure to let us know or contact us on Instagram, because if you want to take a deep dive, it's extremely interesting to hear his perspective on these, on these <laughs> statistics, but I don't know. I think it would bore people with the, the amount of like math involved, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it is pretty intimidating. I, I looked at some of your uh, some of your calculations and some of your tables, and they're they're pretty extensive. Um, but yeah, anyway, I guess back to topic. But it, a bunch of the rookies, a bunch of the rookies this year, kind of were interchanged last second due to I don't know personal feeling or even just uh, a second look on some statistics. But again, super strong rookie class. The top five, I think, were pretty set throughout. I think we had a few that were interchanged here and there, but even some of the guys, some of the guys who are a bit lower on our each of our lists, I think, still had a bigger impact than most like middle middle of the pack rookies in other years so to speak just to highlight a few just the guys that we had already I love Patrick Williams game I could talk about him for hours but I know it's super early in his young career but I think his impact is going to extend way beyond just perimeter defense I feel like he's way way too athletic to just be confined to the paint and I feel like we're going to see that in the next few years given given a little bit of a, a mold into the NBA game even guys like Emmanuel quickly we saw his impact with the Knicks this year I mean he became a huge part of the core early Tyrese Halliburton as well. I mean, he was he was huge this year. Provided a lot of secondary scoring, which was big for a team that kind of suffered with injuries throughout the first part of the year. It goes without saying. I mean, you talk about Ant, you talk about Lamelo and their their impact. Just they could kind of just go without saying. I mean, Ant 
and had an extremely dominant uh, latter half of the season, put him really close to LaMelo. But LaMelo, I mean, prior to getting hurt, was, I guess, by far the best rookie in basketball. So going to be interested uh, to see what you guys have to say with that. And Nolan, do you want to do you want to get some honorable mentions in here before we? Uh, yeah, on? so we can start off with the two that we we had at various points. We had James Wiseman at a certain point, but he got knocked out. I think a lot of that is just due to the fact that he he only played thirty nine games, but his advanced stats weren't weren't that strong either. So he just kind of he felt like a a very distant number ten for us. And Theo Maldon was also in there for a little bit, but he just kind of stood out noticeably as like a clear number ten. So we ended up cutting him at kind of the last minute, but. Aside from just those two, there was also Isaac Okoro, Facundo Campazzo, and Desmond Bain. Those are kind of the, the main other three that, that were definitely in consideration here. Yeah, and I mean, you just you look at those numbers right there. That's 14 very capable rookies of kind of putting up contention for uh, top seven, top nine, if not even top five nod for some. So this rookie class was very deep. And I mean, a lot of them like overperformed past expectations for sure, considering some of their circumstances. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what some of these guys can do going forward and some of these guys that are happen to be in the playoffs right now. But we'll skip quickly over to the most improved player award that was recently granted to uh, Julius Randle, very deservingly by his son at practice. So if you want to get into uh, our, our guys who were selected for the ballot, and then we'll get into some honorable mentions uh, after that. Yep. So uh, we had 10 for this one. Uh, there was an unbelievable amount of uh, candidates. I think the super high scoring season we just saw kind of resulted in a lot of people uh, improving their numbers across the board this year. So unbelievable amount of candidates, but we had to narrow it down. So we've got 10 here. Kyle Anderson, Chris Boucher, Lugens Dort, Darius Garland, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Julius Randle, Zion Williamson, and Christian Wood. That that one, that one, I think we only had a few that were added late. I think Jokic was the guy that kind of crept onto the list, even considering how high he was on most people's MVP rankings, considering the jumps that he's made both statistically and in his game this year. I mean, kind of goes without saying that he definitely deserves to be on the list. There were a few guys that were kind of on the bubble, but I think for the most part, I think the core of this award stayed the same throughout most of the year. There was a lot of shift in the upper echelon throughout the year, but besides that, I think our core stayed the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into some honorable mentions because there are quite a few. Hamadou Diallo was very close. Malik Beasley, RJ Barrett, uh, Mason Plumley was someone that I considered. Same with Kelly Olynyk, Jalen Brown, Michael Bridges, Jordan Clarkson, Darius Baisley. Colin Sexton was someone that was very high on my list earlier in the year, but kind of fell off a little bit in the second half. OG Anunobi was also in consideration. Same with Nikola Vucevic and Clint Capella, but... I think we got we got a pretty solid list here. Yeah, super solid list. And I mean, as you said, like you just rhymed off a bunch of guys that definitely could have made a made a run for it. One guy that we we had mentioned in the pre-recording that I didn't really feel was justified of this that I'm now kind of going back on my word is Nikola Vucevic. He put up quite a campaign with the Bulls, and I didn't really expect his impact to go to go as deep as it did. But he really became a force down low, and he he made his presence felt on a team who really hadn't had that in a while. And I really like the addition of him in that offense. I think it really allows them to space the floor well and gives them a lot of uh, variability um, on that side of the floor. I think they're able to kind of spread defenses and uh, run run a lot of switches up high to get Levine good looks. And I mean, even with Markkinen too, like Markkinen ends up on smaller players half the time because of Vucevic playing on the outside. So I, I really like the setup that they have in uh, in Chicago with him. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for sure. Yeah, I agree. Do we want to move on to our Canadian player of the year? Our yeah. OTL special? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is a, this is a special ballot uh, category for us. We wanted to throw a little Canadian presence in here. I think this is undoubtedly the best season for Canadians in NBA history. Aside I, from Nash winning MVP, but in terms of just like depth of good Canadians, we've never had this many. 
I, w- I was about to say the same thing, but I totally agree. In terms of how many players had good years and how many players made an impact on a lot of contending teams, I think this is definitely the most resounding win for Canadian basketball, for sure. Yeah, we had 10 nominees here, and there were actually a few others that could have been thrown into the mix as well. So our nominees are Nikhil Alexander-Walker, RJ Barrett, Chris Boucher, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Lugans Dort, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, Kelly Olenek, and Andrew Wiggins. In terms of in terms of Canadians in the NBA, I think that alone of players of that caliber, I think that has to be probably the most talented group of Canadians we've had and could be in NBA history. I don't think we've even had that many Canadians, like good Canadians in the league at the same time. Yeah, definitely not. This is definitely uh, the best Canada's ever looked. I think uh, there's a there's a real shot that if we get into the Olympics, we could uh, end up on the podium. So I, I really like our, our potential, not just now, but moving forward, because pretty much everyone I named there is like 25 or younger, really, most of them. And like almost none of them are over 30. So we got a really good uh, young core. Should be good for quite a few years down the line too. Yeah, I think barring Jamal Murray getting hurt, I think that was kind of his, I I don't want to give too much away, but I think that was kind of his award to lose if he didn't get hurt. But him getting hurt made this award very tight for a few different players. I mean, same with SGA. SGA could have definitely kind of ran away with it if he he maintained uh, his presence on the court. But this award became very tight down the stretch, especially with a few other players playing really well and kind of pushing their teams in the postseason. So I'm going to be interested to see who the fans vote for here because this one for me was actually tough when we were talking about who our winners were going to be kind of independently, but super proud of some strides a few of these players made. I mean, Chris Boucher, one of our most improved player nods, even Lou Dort. Has Lou Dort also, yeah. Yeah, Lou Dort was definitely one of the best defensive players in the league this year, at least um, year to year. Dylan Brooks had a great year. RJ Barrett was really good for the Knicks. He was he played really good down the stretch. O'Shea Brissett as well. He he his sample size was a bit too small uh, to for us to throw him in there, but he was definitely one of our honorable mentions. I think he definitely has the capability to be a very very good scorer in the league, and I think he's kind of shown a very good bag for how young he is in his career already. Yeah, in terms of other honorable mentions, you mentioned Brissett, but we, there's also Dwight Powell and uh, Tristan Thompson. Those are kind of the two other main ones, but there's uh, Ken Birch and Corey Joseph as well. So there was, there was a few guys. We could have really had 15 players on this on this list, at least. Um, and there's a few other guys that, that didn't really do a whole lot this season, but lots of Canadians in the NBA right now. So that's great. And honestly, I'm really curious to see how this vote ends up going because – this is one of the bigger toss-ups for me on the board. I think, as you kind of mentioned, SGA and Murray were probably the two front runners, but SGA missed almost half the season. Actually, he missed basically half the season, yeah. and Murray missed about a third of the season. So I think if you were voting strictly on who is the best Canadian player, I think those two would definitely be the, the two top guys, but it's Canadian player of the year. So you kind of have to factor in how much they played as well because it's how how big of an impact they had on the on the season in total. and if you miss that many games, it definitely hurts your case. So I think there's definitely a chance we could see a, a Wiggins or a Barrett or even a Lou Dort, uh, Dylan Brooks, Kelly Olynyk. I think lots of guys have a really strong case, uh, and I, I would be very curious to see how this vote ends up going. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have a very interesting point spread for this. I feel like I feel like the podium in this, the one, two, three, is gonna be very, very tight. But I guess we'll move on. Do you want to do six man of the year next, or do you want to leave uh, that for last, and we'll do coach of the year first? We can do uh, coach of the year, I guess. Okay, yeah, we'll do we'll do coach of the year. Then you can uh, you can run us through, and then we'll we'll talk about some of the honorable mentions because I know we had a we had a lot when we were talking about it before. Yeah, so this is our smallest uh, nominee pool. We only had seven. There was quite a few other guys we could have thrown in there, but I feel pretty confident with our seven. I think to me there was a pretty clear top six, and then we kind of felt that we should at least throw one more in there. But 
Here's our seven nominees. We got Tyron Liu, Nate McMillan, Steve Nash, Doc Rivers, Quinn Snyder, Tom Thibodeau, and Monty Williams. Extremely solid. I think, as you said, our six our six were kind of locks. So we're not going to tell you who they are because that kind of ruins the validity of this whole thing. And then our sevens was, I think, definitely deserved recognition, but wasn't as convincing as the other six. But this was by far, I think, the easiest, I would say the easiest to judge the upper like the more lock guys and then the harder to kind of leave off other guys in the ballot because there was there was a very small difference between the guys who were in the actual ballot like the coaches who were in the ballot and then the ones who were unfortunately left off but in terms of the nominees themselves pretty much i would say all of them kind of go without saying i mean monty monty williams and the Suns has done unbelievable work him and chris paul coming in have done a lot quinn snyder did a lot of great work with the jazz this year i mean one of the best defensive teams in basketball pretty pretty indicative by rudy gobert on his own but in terms of that team they they became a great two-way team even with donovan mitchell going down for a bit of the season they were able to kind of adapt and still put up a lot of wins and finish with a very very good scene uh given expectations post-injury you even go down the list i mean steve nash with the nets had a lot of trouble kind of balancing his roster out, the lack of the big three being on the court at the same time and a lot of injury trouble. So, I mean, all credit to him, especially a first-year coach. He was very successful in that. Yeah. Tom Thibodeau, that, I mean, yeah, uh, elevating the Knicks from uh, one of the worst teams in the league to a, the number four seed in the East. No one really saw that coming. So, got to give him a shout. And Nate McMillan came in the Hawks when they were, I think they were like 13 and 20 or something. They were, they were, they were not doing well at all. And he kind of completely turned their season around and, now they obviously ended up in the playoffs tied with the Knicks for fourth in the East. So got to give him some credit. And then Ty Lu for the uh, Clippers. They obviously had, you know, Kawhi sat out a good amount of games. PG kind of sat out a good amount of games as well. And they just kept winning even without them. So I, I think Ty Lu definitely deserves uh, some credit for that. So. Doc Rivers deserves a lot of credit too. 76 is one of we're one of the best defensive teams in basketball this year. Kind of indicative by Simmons and Embiid both being in our uh, defensive player of the year pool. But that that team was very well coached, extremely well disciplined defensively. I mean, you're kind of seeing it in the playoffs now. But if I'm a team going in the next round, I really do not want to play the Sixers at this point. I was not that high on them going into the postseason, but seeing how well they're doing right now and seeing Embiid kind of hit a stride at this point in the series, I wouldn't put it past the Sixers to go on a little bit of a run here, make a deep cut in the East. Yeah, so those sure. were our seven, and I think all of them are good candidates here. In terms of guys that just barely missed out, I think Mike Malone and Mike Budenholzer were probably the two main ones, but Eric Spolstra was pretty close. Frank Vogel say. for the Lakers kept them, kept them afloat while uh, their two big guys were out. Taylor Jenkins for the Grizzlies, I think, is... Very underrated coach and yeah. deserves some credit. Rick Carlisle as well, I think, for the Mavs we were talking about. Yeah, Carlisle is a good one as well. Moving on from there, our, our final list of nominees is the Sixth Man of the Year Award, which the reason we're redoing this podcast because we forgot to do it last time. <laughs> it is. Congratulations to Jordan Clarkson for winning. It was pretty cool. Joe Ingles actually gave him the award. It was a pretty cool moment, I can't lie, teammate to teammate. But those two guys were unbelievable this season for the Jazz. Clarkson Clarkson did it all for them all season, so he's definitely very deserving that award. But without further ado, I guess if you want to give us the ballot, Nolan, go right ahead. Yeah, very rare to see two players of the same team as finalists for the Sixth Man of the Year award. And I think that's that's a big reason why the Jazz are so good this year. Having those two guys help out off the bench is, is huge, obviously. But for our 10 nominees for Sixth Man of the Year, we have Chris Boucher, Jalen Brunson, Jordan Clarkson, Tim Hardaway Jr., Montrez Harrell, Joe Ingles, Enos Cantor, TJ McConnell, Derek Rose, and Thaddeus Young. Yeah, Chris Boucher taking taking home all the nominee hardware tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as you said, I'm just super impressed that Clarkson and Ingles happen to be up there together. I think it's kind of an ode to the the jazz system of kind of running through depth as well and keeping everybody fresh and kind of just sharing the ball. And that's kind of the way that they play. So I'm not surprised to see both of them up there. 
Uh, Jalen Brunson, I think, definitely deserves a lot of credit for how well he played this year. He had a great jump from last year, uh, shot the ball really well, was really a good gel guy for that team. Really key part of their second unit as well and a lot of their success in the latter half of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I really don't have much more to say for the sixth man of the year. I mean, that's a really good pool that we ended up narrowing it down to. Yeah, and just going back uh, off what you said there, Nate, I think one of the other guys that kind of snuck in at the end was Enos Cantor. Just barely qualified based on the rules that they have set for this. You need to start less than 50% of your games or 50% or less. And he started 50% of their games. So he just kind of snuck in because uh, he played off the bench for the second half of the season once Nurkic came back in. He was a tough one to, to decide whether or not to place in. But based on his uh, statistical production and, and the fact that he does technically qualify, I think he has to be in there. So he kind of snuck in as as a late one. And Thaddeus Young and TJ McConnell were, were guys that kind of I was sleeping on for, for a lot of the season. But as I started to look into it more, um, both of them definitely deserve to be here. And so I'm, I'm glad I uh, kind of noticed them towards the end as potential candidates because they, they weren't as high on my list for the majority of the season as they are now. Yeah, McConnell had a great year, and Thad's developed really well over the last few years. I mean, really, really kind of expanding his offensive game. He's always been kind of a beast defensively, but he's he's really come a long way. And I mean, also, you want to talk about guys who kind of deserve that nod. I mean, Derek Rose coming back from such a catastrophic injury, bouncing around a few teams and finally finding his home uh, with the Knicks. He's been a great gel guy for that team, provided a lot of secondary scoring, as many of these guys have, but... I don't know. It's just it makes me super happy to see not only D Rose back on the court, but also get some recognition for some elevated play over this uh, over the course of the season. Seeing him play playoff basketball again, pretty awesome. I can't lie. I'd be lying if if I wasn't pretty happy to see D Rose uh, in MSG shoot it, tearing it up. So I hope I hope the Knicks make it deep. Kind of one of my teams that I'd like to see uh, make a push, especially considering how rabid the Knicks fans are going over Trey Young's uh, comments in the last few games. So tonight's game is going to be very very interesting. And I guess shout out to D Rose on uh, on a little closing thought there. Sixth man of the year was another award that had a ton of honorable mentions that I could get into. I'm, I'm going to cut it short at just 10, but there's definitely a lot, lot that I could have got into here. So I have uh, Terrence Ross, Lou Williams, Carmelo Anthony, Cameron Payne, Danilo Gallinari, Goran Dragic, Shake Milton, Tyler Hero, Bobby Portis, and Tyrese Halliburton. And as Nolan said, that's just to name a few. We probably had like 25 or 30 on the bubble for that one. Yeah. That was, I think that was our most extensive uh, honorable mention pool for sure. Quickly, Burks, Kuzma, Zubak. Could, I could go on. Like, dude, there's <laughs> just so keep many. going. <laughs> I could go to like 40, hour. honestly. There, there's so many. Yeah, and I guess barring anything else you want to add, I guess we could wrap it up. Yeah, I think I think we uh, covered it all. So please vote if, if you're listening to this podcast. We'd, we'd love to have your input on, on these ballots. Yeah, so as Nolan said, once, uh, once this podcast goes up, should coincide with when he's going to be releasing the article. So you guys can go and uh, cast your votes. And I guess barring that, we look forward to see who you guys think is going to win each uh, individual award. Be sure to check out this podcast on whatever streaming platform you find your podcast on. Be sure to interact with us on our Twitter and Instagram, both OTL Sports CA. Check out our articles on the site. We upload pretty much daily, so be sure to check out all of our content over there. And I guess without, without anything else, have a great day and do not smoke your layups.